0: This morning we are going to look at uh, the uh, a title this morning of uh, how God responds when you are suffering, how God responds when you are suffering. We're gonna look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 3 through 10. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 10. We all have periods of suffering. Uh, and sometimes we bring it on ourselves, but a lot of times it is just an attack and we need strength. And so we can be encouraged today. Let's read together what the Word of God tells us concerning when you are suffering, how God responds in Second Corinthians chapter 1, starting with verse Three, Verse 3 says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies. Now look at that word, it's plural. Mercies, many mercies. And the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble, by the comfort wherewith we ourselves... "...are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same suffering which we also suffer, or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation." And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the sufferings, so shall ye also be of the consolation. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raiseth the dead. Verse 10 says, Who delivereth us from so great a death and doth deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. And we're going to look at again how God responds when you are suffering. Amen. Pray with me this morning as we talk about what the Lord wants to say to us this morning. Heavenly Father, we come before you. And God, we know that, Lord, that there is people this morning that is going through it. There is people this morning that they don't know what they're going to do. There's people this morning that the enemy is trying his best to convince that it's just best to give up. That, God, you don't hear, you don't know, you're not aware, you're not involved, you're disconnected, you're not even aware of what they're going through. Lord, that's not the truth. And, God, you want us, Lord, to see that not only are you there, not only you involved, but, God, you, Lord, you want to use that in our life as you bring us through it, and you will, that, God, you want to use that. Lord, enable for us to be able to encourage others. God, speak this morning. Holy Spirit, anoint by your power and have your way. You reach out. You accomplish your goal. And we thank you for what you're doing and going to do. God bless every person in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How God responds when you are suffering. Sometimes we... Sometimes we look at other people and we say, well, God's faithful to them. And I know what He's doing because He always comes through for them. But it's different when it's me. And that's what the enemy wants you to do. He loves to divide and conquer. He wants to convince you you're all alone. It's not going to work out. It's going to go bad. And the Lord's not going to do a thing about it. But this word today, we see we're going to be encouraged that that is not the case. God is on the throne. God is responding god is very aware of what you're going through and in these verses this by the way just this first verse we read this verse 3 blessed be god even the father of our lord jesus christ the father of mercies and the god of all comfort hey listen if you just took that one verse and you unpack that thing all by itself you should you could have a camp meeting all by itself there is such wondrous truths in that one verse all by itself and so paul listen here's what makes this so powerful we need to realize As we know, of course, the the Word of God, it's all uh, the Word of God, these testimonies, these stories, these these wonderful uh, uh, testimonies that happen in Scripture is for us to receive strength and knowledge and wisdom and and for us to be encouraged, uh, corrected and everything but what we read here. Paul, when he's giving this letter to the Corinthians... This is his second letter to the Corinthians, and he's going through it as he writes this. By the way, Paul, if there's anyone that you can get courage from and strength from, it's Paul because from his ministry from the beginning to the end, it's almost constant conflict. It's almost a constant trial. It's almost a constant suffering that he's going through. But he has learned the secret that God, the greater the trial that you're going through, the greater the strength that God comes through, the more powerful God makes himself evident in your life and the more powerfully God uses your life to help someone else, and so he's learned that, and so he's writing this letter, even though he's still in the middle of a great trial. And in fact, the, the very reason he writes this letter, this is the second letter he's wrote to the Corinthians. The first letter he wrote, and he kind of corrected them, and he straightened some things out. And there's even been a rebuke. There's been a a, a uh, there's been a group of people that has even uh, questioned his authority. Who do you think you are, Paul? Telling us how to live our lives. And so they've been such a rebuke toward him. And yet, in love, in in uh in, in one of his most personal books that he writes, that's so personal, he writes back to them with a spirit of love. To encourage them and from to not give up hope, and so we can get strength from the very fact the person writing this is being influenced by God, who's helping him to make it through stuff, and he's encouraging us: you can make it. And let me—he's going to tell you why you can have a, a courage and faith in God when you're going through things. What's God doing? Where's God at when you're going through? First thing we're going to look at is that while you're going through your test, while you're going through your Uh, uh, a suffering that you're facing the first thing is we can see here in this verse three that god responds with compassion toward you you know we see god i remember as a younger i don't know where i got this it wasn't my parents that taught me this but i had this picture of god when i was younger and as a and i always thought man god was this harsh and and god isn't listen listen don't let, me, don't let me play this down. God is a holy God. God is a sinless, holy God that will not let sin into heaven. And so we need to realize that. But I had this harsh picture of God in my mind, and I felt like every time, of course, the enemy was using that. Every time I made a mistake, it was just, well, you might as well give up now. Uh, you've already blew it. And so I had this look of God that he was just this harsh man with a big hammer. But that's not the only picture. God is a holy God, but God also is a God of mercy. Oh, that's why He sent His Son. That's why He done what He did when He sent His Son to die for us, because of His great mercy on us. And it says here, Blessed be, and that's talking about praise. It's saying, Praise be to God. Why? Even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies. And again, if you remember a minute ago, I said, look at that word. It's plural. So God is not just someone who says, I've given you one chance. I'm going to look at you and give you one chance, but God's mercies we're going to see are fresh every single day. And it says there that He gives us mercy. That word mercy there means compassion. God looks at you and I with compassion. Just like we, we can relate to it with our own children. How many times have we looked at our children and we see that they can't do something. Or we see that they're struggling in an area. We see that they uh, need help in an area. And instead of getting angry, our heart melts for them. We see that someone does them wrong. Our heart melts with compassion for them. And so we see here that God is a God of compassion. God is compassionate. Why? Because that's who He is. It says here that He is the Father of mercies he is the author of mercy he he is the origin he's the source of where mercy compassion comes from so he knows it so well that's how we should see God as such a God of love and compassion because he's the author of it he's the one that created it he's the one that extends it and thank God that that's what he has done for us because he's the source he's compassionate because that's just who he is that's his nature he has a nature of mercy toward us as his children. You know why else God is compassionate? He's compassionate because of his great love love for you and me we see that in the verse that we all memorize probably first for god and and you got to put a bunch of o's on this if you really want to get the picture of john three 16, you've got to accent that word the, the the word so with a bunch of zeros or o's not zeros but o's you got to say it like this this gives you a good picture of what it says for god so loved the world there had that love, that word so is such a small word. And you get the picture of how much God loved you. You've got to accent the word so. He so loved you that he gave his only begotten son. Why would somebody give their son for other people? Because they loved him so much. Because they gave such a great price. He gave such a great price. And so we see that God loved us. That's why he came. Psalms 103.13 tells us about that also. It says, as a father shows compassion to his children... So the Lord shows compassion to those who fear Him. The Lord looks at us and He says, listen, the only way you're ever going to understand is if you as a father, you as a mother, you look at with compassion at your children and your heart just beats for your children. And He says, that's the only way you could even get close to understanding how I look at the people that puts their confidence in me. If you're my child, I have great compassion for you. And it says this word shows is a word of action. It doesn't say that God has compassion. It says God shows. Compassion. God's active with compassion in your life and my. You're going through it. God has compassion on you. He has compassion with what you're going through. I remember. Uh, I've told this before, but I remember uh, sometimes <laughs> I've had compassion, sometimes too much, because uh, my daughter needed uh, stitches. She was about 18 months. We was at Frisch's eating. Uh, they had those vinyl seats, and we were sitting there, and she was next to me on my seat. Should have been next to her mom on the other side because I wasn't watching her close enough. And she was standing up in the seat and trying to eat and stuff, and we me and my wife were talking across from each other, and I wasn't paying attention, and her little drink was sweating and dripping in the seat as she was standing there, and her little foot hit uh, that water spot and slipped her feet out from under or her forehead come down and hit the corner of the table. And it was a little cut, but it started bleeding right on her forehead, right above her eye. And so we realized pretty quickly, this ain't going to stop. We're going to have to get stitches. And so I went to the clinic at that time, uh, the Espernstadt Clinic, and uh, truck because I couldn't find any other place to get her stitched up. And I remember I, I'm the one that took her in. I think her mom's heart had too much compassion. She couldn't stand it because she's crying so much. And so I remember standing there and these doctors and nurses, an 18-month-old, you'd think you'd be able to hold them down, but she was not going to be held down. And she was sitting there with tears in her eyes, and I was trying to stand off from her and let them, they had four people trying to stitch up that eye, and she was freaking out so much they couldn't do it. So they had, Dad, you got to get in here and get involved. You're going to have to help us hold her down. you to have to calm her down, or we're not going to be able to sew this eye up. And I was sitting there, and the look in her eyes to my eyes, her looking up, screaming and crying. It was one thing when she was looking at them because she knew that, no, them, she knew they could hurt her. But the look she was giving me in my eyes is like, Daddy. How could you let them hurt me like this? And compassion overwhelmed me. I'm sitting there crying more than she is. And it was because I love her. She's my child and I'm looking at her. And because she's trusting me to protect her, I finally had to say, stop. Stop what you're doing. Could you please put a butterfly bandage on that? that, Yeah, but it'll probably leave a scar. You're just going to have to do it because I can't do it. Why? Because my compassion was so great for her. I didn't want her to endure anymore. And so God loves us with such a love. He has compassion upon us. And that's because he loves us so much. You know why else God is compassionate? He's compassionate on you because he knows your frailty. He knows how weak you are. How How can the Lord know how weak we are? Because he too came and lived in a body. And even though he was 100% God. Something our mind can't already wrap around. He also limited himself to be 100% man. He operated in the strength that you and I did. He suffered just like you and I. He understands frailty. In fact, we see that he uh, talks about that in Psalms 103.14. It says, for he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. He knows what we're made of. Now, does that mean God gives us an excuse and says, Oh, you can do anything you want because I know you're weak. No. It says because we are weak, because He knows that we have limitations with our strength, and we are weak, that His strength will come and make up the difference. And He has compassion on us. That's why His help becomes so real to us when we're going through our suffering. Why? Because He knows that we are weak and frail. And so He comes through to us as we are needing Him. 1 Corinthians 10.13 tells us that there's nothing you could face. God knows what you're going to face. And He makes a way. He does not put anything on you that you cannot endure. It says in 1 Corinthians 10.13, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. And the people go through it. There is nothing that you're going to face that others haven't gone through before, including His Son, Jesus Christ. But faith, for God is faithful, who will not suffer. He will not allow you to be tempted above what ye are able. But with the temptation, also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. God is saying that because He knows your limitations, He will never let anything be too hard for you, even though you're saying, well he doesn't know what I'm going through because I can't endure anymore. I've been through some some things that seem like I couldn't take another step. It seems like that I've been to the end of myself and it's at those minutes and even Paul in this verse says that he was at a spot, he was at a place to where he came to the end of himself. In fact he had convinced himself, I'm not going to be able to survive this one. I'm going to die with this one. This one is too great. I can't bear it. He was giving up hope but it says that at that very moment just like you and I have to do it's at the moments when we come to the end of our strength that is the perfect place we need to be because God will make his strength available to help you escape your strength is insufficient but his is all knowing all powerful and he is there for you and it's at those moments that we say I can't do it God I have to take hold of your strength and then he will help us and he will carry us through and we can make it And so God is faithful and compassionate to us that He will be there because He knows how weak we are. You know what? God's compassion is also, He has compassion because it's all that preserves us. We could not survive. If God gave us what we deserve, that's what mercy is, is not giving us what we do deserve. And every one of us, man, of all people, deserved to suffer judgment, suffer death. And yet it says that God has mercy on us and He doesn't give us what we desire. Or not what we desire, but what we really deserve. That's why He sent His Son, because we couldn't do it ourselves. In Lamentations 3.22 says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. The Lord sends His mercy to you to preserve you. Oh, thank God that He comes through when we don't even have any understanding of what He's doing. All of a sudden, He shows up. There's been so many times that He's came through right when I needed Him the most. And when it felt like I couldn't take it anymore, all of a sudden, His sweet spirit comes sweeping in. And all of a sudden, man, strength was at the, there at my disposal. And God's compassion strengthened me. You know, also, God's compassion All this is a wonderful truth. It's renewed every single day. In Lamentations, that next verse in Lamentations 3 is verse 23. And it says, they are talking about his compassion and his mercy. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is the faithfulness of God because every single day, not because we deserve it, not because we're so good, not because you're more special than someone else, but because you have put your trust in Him. God comes in the morning when you wake up, He's already waiting there. He wants to pour out His mercy and His grace upon you and they're fresh and new. And He's not carrying over stale stuff from yesterday. But just like the manna, brand new, is there waiting on you each and every day. When you got up this morning, if you spent time with the Lord in prayer, His strength, His compassion, His Spirit was fresh for you this morning. Thank God that He responds when you're going through it with compassion. You know what else He responds with? He responds with comfort. He responds with comfort. Which is His encouragement. Verse 3 goes on and says, Blessed be God. And the end of that verse says, The God of all comfort. He's not only the source of, uh, of this uh, mercy, uh, but He's also the source of encouragement, of comfort. He is the one that consoles you. He's the one that will come and lift you up when you're in your time of need. That word comfort there, is parakelio, and that word means to be called to one side to encourage. This is a move of the Holy, just like this mercy that's extended to us was through God's Son, Jesus Christ. Now we see the second thing He responds to us is with comfort. And if you remember any, any other promise that we were given of comfort, it's that the Lord would send the Holy Spirit who is our Comforter. He is the one, that uh, paracletus, that comes by our side. And and here we hear Paracelio comes to our side with encouragement. And and it's it's a work of the Holy Spirit in your life. That He comes to you when you need Him the most. And that Holy Spirit is there to give you strength and help in your time. To give you wisdom and to give you direction. I was thinking of different points in my life and Hopefully you have at least one friend that you can call in a time of need and that person is there with you. And sometimes uh, I've tried to be there for other friends and other friends have been there for me. And you know what? It's not always just that important that they say the right thing. When someone's going through it, it's not so important that you have the right words to say. But it's just the fact that you are there by their side that just says, I'm here for you. I'm strength when you need it. Whatever you need, I want you to know I'm right here. And that strength is what gives us encouragement to be able to make it through the test or what we're going through. And that's what God responds. In fact, this whole section in your Bible may be called the comfort of God because He says it over and over. He uses different words, including this word when you see consolation. That is God's comfort. It's the same word. God sends His comfort to you. You know what He promises? He promises that He will comfort you through every problem, and trial that you face. We see that in verse 4. Who comforteth us in all our tribulation. Sometimes we go through tests because we get ourselves in a mess. I've been there before. Sometimes we get ourselves into troubles because we said something we shouldn't said. Sometimes we have someone say something and we get upset and we respond. <laughs> and we deal with things sometimes because we did it. And, and, and thank God He helps us even through some of those situations. But what it's mainly talking about here is that, because it goes on in verse 5 and says, For as the suffering of Christ abound in us. He's talking about the fact that you're going to suffer things that's not your fault. You're going to suffer things because of whose child you are. You're going to suffer things because you've put your faith in me and the enemy of your soul is trying his best to get you to give up. To turn away from God. And he's trying to discourage you. He's trying to convince you that God's not on the throne. That God doesn't see you. That God's not going to do a thing about it. And you believe it because you can't see God at work. But just because God can't be seen doesn't mean that God is not aware of your circumstance because He is. He promises. And if His word is true, then He'll come through for you. As Paul's told us here, he's telling us that He comes through for you through mercy, through uh, His, His strength. And then He also comes through through His encouragement, through His comfort. For as the sufferings of Christ abounds. Christ instructed us that if they persecuted Him, that they would also be persecuting you because of who you serve. There is things that you will suffer in this life because of whose child you are. We that love and serve Jesus Christ, there is a world of people who hates the name Jesus Christ. And they do everything, even the you know, the big search engine companies or whatever, does everything they can do to put down anything encouraging, anything that's got to do with the Word of God or the name of Jesus Christ. You can say any of the other names. You can say any other God's name. You can say any other thing. Don't say Jesus Christ or you're going to be pushed back. You're going to be rejected. And as time goes on, believe you me, it will get worse. We see that that's what's happening when the spirit of the Antichrist comes in, that the things of God will be challenged more and more. And he's saying that there is things that we're going to suffer because of whose child we are, but hang on. He's saying you've got to hang on. In fact, Paul talks. If anybody knows about this, it would be Paul because he has went through one trial after another, but he has strength. Where does his strength come from? By seeing how God's been faithful through every problem he's went through. He tells us about this persecution. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 11 and 12, he says this, Persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, and at Iconium, at Lystra, just town after town after town, what uh, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. And it goes on in verse 12, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Sometimes we don't suffer persecution because we don't live even close enough to where we're even a threat. But if you are living your life Before God, wholly yielded to God, you're going to suffer some things in your life. You're going to go through some trials. You're going to go through some things and that your faith will be under attack. And He's saying that He will be there to be your comfort through every circumstance when you're going through it. I was looking for this story I heard it as a a young child at First Pentecostal Church, and I can't remember who was preaching it. I can't remember who they were talking about. I searched. I couldn't find it. But let me tell you what I can remember of this story. And it was so impactful to me as a child, I, I couldn't forget. I don't remember every detail, but what a faithfulness of God. That's what I remembered from it. I remembered he was talking about, the preacher was talking about a man who was being persecuted for his faith in Jesus Christ in another country. And he was imprisoned for his testimony of Jesus Christ. And these soldiers were so cruel to him. It was phenomenally how and, and this is this is just like the end times is that when people, their hearts become dark and they turn away and they hate Jesus Christ, they can become so cruel and they were torturing this man every day. I think I won't go into great detail, but I think they were even electrocuting him. Every day until finally he would just pass out from the pain. And, and it would be horrible to hear that part if I didn't get to the next part. But they would take him lifeless and he had passed out from what they had done to him. And they would take his body and they would dump him back in the cell on that cot. And he would lay there unconscious and he couldn't even hardly move. Even when he would come conscious, he would just lay there in agony. But he said there's something that started happening. And he said it Turn this situation completely around. He said, every single evening after they would bring him into this cell, and he was laying there thinking he couldn't live any longer because he was in such agony. He said, all of a sudden, he said, he said it was the Lord himself would come into that cell, and a bright light would shine in that cell, and a man would come over, and he would put his hand on his shoulder. And every time as he put that warm hand on his shoulder, he said, all of a sudden, I was completely healed. I had no more pain. I had no more problems. I had complete strength. And he said, then he was gone and every day as he was going through this torment, he was going through this torture and they were saying give up, will you denounce Jesus Christ, will you turn away from Jesus Christ, he would he would be able to with strength say no, I will not turn, I will not uh, say that I do not know him or believe in him and they would continue torturing him until lifelessly they would put him in his room and he could hang on, why? Because he knew that later that night there was going to be a hand that was going to touch him and was going to restore him, that was going to fell With him in the midst of his trouble, he had the greatest experience with God that he'd ever had. And he was able to endure, and they finally let him set set him free because he would not recant. They finally gave up and they let him go. What is the deal? God comforts you through your trial, and when you need him the most, that's when he is the most powerful in your life. You know what else? He comforts you through the victory that Christ won through His suffering. Christ suffered first the most incredible suffering of any person so that you could win the victory. We see in verse 5, it goes on, it says, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. Not only are we suffering like Christ, not only because we associate with Christ, we will suffer things. You're going to endure things. Every one of us is going to endure some things. But we can keep our faith. We can keep confident. We can keep the strength. Because we know that not only are we going to suffer like Christ, but the victories that Christ won, we get to benefit from those. What are you talking about? And we see that because of Christ, when He was beaten, and He was bruised and battered before He went to the cross, it wasn't a wasted thing, but it says in Isaiah, by His stripes ye are healed. So we receive a benefit because of His suffering. We receive healing. Praise the Lord. Not only that, Christ died. What benefit do we have? He suffered the most incredible death. And then he says, Father, I commend my spirit to you. And he takes his last breath and says, it is finished. And he dies. And even though that was a great, incredible price he paid, Because that He died. We have salvation because of His suffering. We receive the consolation, the comfort of being saved because of what He done. And not only that, through Christ's resurrection, through His death and burial, and then that third day He was rose up into eternal life. Because of that, the going to the grave, we now benefit from that through eternal life. And so what Paul is saying is that we have our example in Jesus Christ and we can look to Him and see that because of what He suffered, it is now our encouragement to endure suffering and that if we endure suffering like Him, then we also will endure and we will actually receive the blessings, the comfort that He provides us and that we then can help others and encourage others that they too can endure and receive the blessing. He comforts us through the victory that He won. You know what? We also are comforted through the suffering of other Christians that go on before us or that live around us. It it doesn't sound right. We're comforted through what they go through. But we see here in verse 6 says, And whether, he's talking about himself, Paul is, he says, And whether we be afflicted, talking about himself, it is for your consolation. Comfort, that word's comfort. And salvation, which is effectual, effective, in the enduring of the same suffering which we also suffer. So if we suffer, it's for you, for your comfort. Or whether we be comforted when we receive our victory. The, uh, we receive our victory and God comes and helps us through what we're going through. It is for your consolation, your comfort and salvation. What he's saying here is that no matter what, if we are going through the trial and you're praying for us and God helps us through that and strengthens us, then it's for you to be able to see and receive strength and find courage in your own self. It says if Paul can do it, I can go through it too. If Paul can endure, I can do it too. Paul saying if Christ can do it, I can do it too. And it keeps going on so that 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 is as Christians watch Paul, he's saying you see what I'm going through. It gives you strength. But not only when you see what I'm going through, it when you see the victory that God brings me through when God gives me victory and I make it through the test and through the trial you are the one who receives encouragement from that also so what I'm going through what Christ went through benefits me what I'm going through benefits you and what you're going through is going to benefit others hallelujah hallelujah If you want to look at someone's life, that we're looking at Christ. But you know what? In Scripture, there's several examples. But if you look at a guy that suffered and suffered and suffered, it was Job. Forty-two chapters of suffering he went through. It's hard to hang in there. I mean, you see from that first chapter, what he goes through, most people just pack it up and say, forget it. Uh, It's it's over. God's turned His back on me right there. In fact, that's the advice His wife gives him. And his friends are no better. And so for 42 chapters, Job is going through suffering after suffering after suffering. But when you get to that last chapter when God comes through and God shows that He was on the throne the entire time and God says because you've held on, because you've not cursed me, because you've not turned your back on me and God comes through and He turns that suffering of Job and not only does He turn it but He blesses him abundantly so that not only he sees the power of God in his life but everyone else around him is able to see the faithfulness of God in one man's life and if he hadn't went through it. If he hadn't have went through it and he gave up, it wouldn't be in our Bible. It wouldn't be anything that we could be encouraged by. But it would only be a testimony of how someone failed and they missed out on what God did for them or was going to do. Listen, there's things you're going to go through. And it's not just just, we can look at things and say Lord, why am I suffering? There is things that you're going to go through that it's not only for you. And we don't understand why we're going through it. But God is not only letting you go through that. We want Him to say, well God, why can't you just fix it why can't you just make things go away could God yes God can do that does God ever do that yes God does that but there is sometimes in your life that you're going to go through circumstances and it's not just for you It's not only just for you, but it's God, you're going to receive more glory for the fact that He's going to help you through it, and He's going to strengthen you, and He's going to carry you through it until He gets you to the other side, and He's going to bring victory in your life. And because of what He does in your life, He's going to be able to touch someone else because they've been watching you. There was people watching Job. There was people watching Christ. There's people watching Joseph. There's people watching lives. And because they were faithful to God, and then God brought them through it, they are a testimony. Testimony to God and others are able to see God because what He does through them. I can think of people uh, in in past years that I I just love to testify. Why? Uh, Even though they went through some things and, and they had suffered some things and God had brought them through some things that was horrible to them at the time. But they had realized that God brought them through for a purpose and they were able to give their testimony. And because of what they went through, I remember Otto Sizemore, uh, that get used to give testimonies, and, and I loved to hear him. Man, when he stood up, I was excited because I knew he's going to tell. I never seen a guy went through more things than him. I mean, he went through a bunch of things, and it was incredible things that he went through. And every one of them, I was waiting because I knew it was coming. He's going to tell what God put him through and all the things that he suffered. But it seemed like his faith was never weak through all these things, and he just God carried him and God brought him out and God gave him a great victory. What a testimony! And he was willing to share it with others. What a testimony. And then I, I always think of a, a little Sandra Carroll, the blessings that God uh, have blessed her with. She keeps. A, I, I've always been encouraged that she keeps a notebook, and I, I'm sure she still does this every day. And st- she keeps a journal, and she would put down, God answered this request today. Every day, God answered this one. God answered that one. And then so many times a year when the church would have testimony services of being thankful like at Thanksgiving or New Year's of what God did this year, she's able to open the book up and say, let me tell you what He did on June 13th. Let me tell you what He did on August 21st. Let me tell you what He did on December 2nd. And God was faithful to me. And you know what? When you hear those things, they went through it. They suffered. But God carried them through. And because God was faithful to them and they came through the other side, all of a sudden strength starts filling your soul. You say, well, God's faithful to Joe. God's faithful to Otto. God's faithful to Sandy. God will be faithful to me. And so we need to realize we can receive strength by what others go through. Finally today, this this is my last point. So God, while you're going through suffering, He responds to you with compassion, with His mercy. God responds to you with His comfort, His encouragement. God also responds to you by putting a call on you to encourage others. With what you've went through. It's a purpose that God puts. So God calls you to comfort. Verse 4 says. Gives us the purpose of going through some of these sufferings. It says. Who comforteth us. In all our tribulation. He's going to come through. He's been faithful before. He's going to be faithful again. He will comfort you through your tribulation. Through your problem. Through your suffering. And then he tells us why. That we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. He's saying that you are going through things on purpose. And God is allowing things to come into your life, not to bring you down, but so He can show His strength mighty and powerful in your life. So that when you trust Him, not only can He show you that He's faithful to bring you out, to encourage you, to comfort you, to empower you, to have mercy on you. But God's brought you through this so that you now can be the vessel He uses to help someone else. There's something about reading the Word of God. It's wonderful looking at what that Job did and other people that you've never known. And it's wonderful to read these things and it's powerful. But let me tell you something. You get much more strength out of your neighbor when they go through something. That other person at church that you've watched them go through things and you know who they are and you know they're just like you and you see the power of God and you hear the testimony of what God did in their life and all of a sudden you realize that's a contemporary of mine. That's a peer of mine. God's faithful today. Not 2,000, 4,000, 5,000 years ago. God's been faithful today and because God's faithful to them, He'll be faithful to me. And so that's the call that God puts on our lives. He wants you to do something with it John Henry Jowett said this statement God does not come for us God does not comfort us to make us comfortable but to make us comforters let me read that to you again God does not comfort you to make you comfortable but God comforts you to make you a comforter God wants to use the experience, the faithfulness of God in your life to help others. I can tell you that I've been through some things in the last few years and it didn't make sense. I didn't know why I was going through what I was going through. I went through struggles that seemed like I'm I'm serious. Just as Paul says that I felt like it was the end. I felt like it was over. I felt like there was no purpose in anything. I had no strength. But God would come through at the very moment when I needed him the most. God came sweeping into my soul one night on one particular circumstance that was so powerful I never seen such a transformation in my life before but when I left there was no more gloom there was no more There was no more doubt even though I didn't know the answer there was such a strength that filled my soul that God was saying I'm carrying you I'm right there through this I've got a purpose I want to use you I want to do things there's been other things I've went through I didn't understand why I went through them but God uses those when I'm trying to encourage others it's so powerful when friends or someone comes to me and they tell me about something circumstance are going through and God reminds me of what I went through and I said now let me tell you what God did to me what God said to me how God worked in me and how God delivered me Oh, I see strength. I've seen tears. I've seen other people able to help. And it's not just me. But God does that in your life. You're going through it. Hang on. Because God's not just working in you. God's working in you so you can work in others. He'll give you the strength. He'll give you the testimony. He'll give you the ability. If you'll just trust Him. If you'll just put your confidence in Him. And listen. Nobody knew this greater than Paul himself. No one knew about tests any more than greater than himself. I'm just going to tell you one quick one of, of his life. Of the test that he was going through. And we see that he was... On that ship, and he was being taken to Rome. He was a prisoner, and he was being taken. And they waited forever in a port, and finally, at the wrong time of year, that he they were going to try to sail to get uh, as close as they could because they had to get him to Rome. Now, God had already told him he's going to get to Rome. So Paul was trusting in God. He knew what he was doing, but he tried to tell that uh, centurion over that ship, "Hey, listen, we're, we're, I feel in my soul. I think God spoke to me." we're going to suffer loss if you do this. And he listened to and that centurion like, you're a prisoner, I want you to be quiet. Who do you think you are? I'm going to trust this shipmaster. This is his ship. He knows more than you do. I'm not listening to you. I don't care what your God said to you. And he didn't listen. And they get out on the ship and they go through one of the most incredible storms for about two weeks. They think they're everyone going to die. They're sitting there. The ship is taking on water. They're throwing everything overboard. They're trying to bail the water out as fast as they can. And, and, uh, and then Paul is in the, in the bottom of the ship, a prisoner. He's had to endure this. He's no doubt seasick as everybody is being tossed in, in this incredible storm. They can't get out of It's driving them wherever it goes. And so they're in a bad spot. But God comes to him and speaks to him in that ship. Hey, I ain't forgot you. You know what? The enemy probably was trying to tell Paul, hey, God forgot where you are. You've been in this storm for two weeks. Uh, God doesn't know what he's doing. And so Paul, the Lord spoke to him and he's talking to God. God says, hey, listen, he tells him exactly what to do. I know exactly what's going on. And you go up and you tell them that they're going to, you know, we're going to suffer loss of this ship and we need to throw everything overboard and we're going to suffer loss of the ship. But no, no. Nobody try to hang on to any don't nobody try to get out in a lifeboat. Nobody tried to stay in the ship. God's going to deliver if you listen. And so by this time, this centurion's a little bit more uh, ready to listen because he realizes the hope for two weeks he's been thinking if I'd listened to that prisoner, I wouldn't be in this mess. And so he comes up and tells the centurion, the Lord spoke to me, and angels come to me and spoke to me and said that not one man will live or lose his life. You listen to me. And they exactly what he said happened. That front of they drove that ship in, inland, as close as they could. Its nose hung and the ship broke up. Don't try to don't try to get in a life raft. Don't try to save yourself just jump in the water. So they jumped in little pieces of the boat or whatever floating around. They, every single one of them made it to land. If that wasn't so, he was shipwrecked. He went through this incredible, he's been a prisoner for a period of time. He went through this storm and then we see that he makes it to shore. Well, thank God, at least the trouble's over with. At least now I've made it. But he gets to shore and they're building a fire and he's trying to help them get kindling as a good uh, a prisoner would do and he's trying to do it and he and it just so helps that the very stack of wood that he picks up and's is carrying to the fire, a poisonous virus that many of the people in this tribe had seen by their family or their friends who die immediately. It bit his hand. They seen it by his hand. When they seen this, they thought that man right there, he is a we know he's a prisoner. He's condemned of God. And God and the gods, they thought gods saved him so that, and now they don't even want him to live so they could kill him. And so they killed him because he's such a wretched man. And they watched and Paul, here he is, he's going through it again. He gets snake bit. And if anybody else would say, God, do you know what you're doing? Do you have any clue what you're doing? I've went through all this stuff. I'm faithful to you. I'm doing what you I'm preaching your word. I'm, I'm suffering again. Why am other the one suffering? Nobody else got bit with a snake, but I did. And he shakes it off, but he don't do that. He's learned that whatever he goes through to trust God, because God has a purpose in everything. God says, I'll put everything that you go through, I'll work for your good. And so he shakes the snake off into the, into the fire. And so the people are watching. They're counting it down. They've watched this. They've seen this snake before. They know what's going to happen. They watched uncle, uh, their uncle die. They've watched a cousin. They've died a few minutes later. They can't breathe, and they pass out, and then they're gone. But they watch. And Paul's sitting there warming his hands, no doubt, in the fire. And Paul there and watched him. And it, that spot, you can't even see where it was anymore. It's not swelling up. And then all of a sudden, God is able to use this very thing that happened to him So that they see that something is special about this man. And then all of a sudden they think he's a God, which he has to correct them. But he was able to present the gospel of Jesus Christ to them. Why? Because he suffered. Why is he able to, to witness and to minister to all these soldiers that was on the boat? Because he was suffering. Because he was faithful through the suffering. God used this to enable other people to see who God is. And so that's the very purpose that God lets you go through things so that as you go through them, if you'll keep your faith and trust in Him, He will use the fact that He brings you through and what He does to you while you're in that storm so that others can see the faithfulness of God in your life. God comforts others. I love that verse 10 that says that Paul says He comforts others by how God's been faithful to you who delivered us from, from uh, us from so great a death. He was going through something He had given up and it was so incredible what He was going through. And it says He delivered us from the past. He delivered us through that incredible thing. And then He talks about past. And then He talks about present. And doth deliver. God's delivering even the circumstance that I'm in now And then he even talks about the future in whom we trust that He will yet deliver us. Paul is saying God's delivered me in the past. God's even delivering me as we speak. And whatever I face tomorrow, God's going to deliver me again. God's going to use whatever I go through to strengthen me. But not only to strengthen me, but to strengthen you. And He's not going to strengthen you except for you to be someone who strengthens those behind you. You have a purpose. God has called you. We have a God that understands what we're going through. And He's called you to be His comforter for others behind you. Don't give up. Don't lose the testimony that God has in your life. Don't fret and think that God doesn't know. God knows what you're going through. God's your comfort. God's your strength. God's your mercy. God's got a call on you to be that faithful voice that He wants to use for other people. And the last scripture, I want to read to you. You're called to comfort others too. Colossians 3.12 says, Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, what do you put on? Compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. He's saying, you take what God has given you. And you realize that he's given it to you for a purpose. He didn't call you, comfort you, so that you would be comfortable. So that you would just sit there and just say, boy, look how good I'm doing. But he put you to the test and brought you through it. So that you then can reach others and say, let me tell you who I serve, how faithful he is. And what he wants to do in your life. So that you then encourage them. And then they are able to receive strength. And then they pass it on to someone. Isn't that the way salvation works? Is that God puts his spirit within us. He saves us. He delivers us. He changes us so incredibly. That we just give our testimony to someone else. And we're encouraging them to say. Let me tell you who I used to be. And let me tell you what God did. And all of a sudden, hope and faith rises up in them. Same thing with comfort. Same thing when we're going through trials. The Christians are going to go through troubles. They're going to go through trials. But he's faithful every single time. He will be there for you. And when you come through this, encourage others. Encourage the brethren. Isn't that what Christ told Peter? When you fail me, when you reject me, and when you repent, encourage others the brothers. Encourage them because i got a plan for you. And God will respond. Thank God that He will respond when you need Him most. We need Him most when we're going through the trial. We need Him most when we're hurting, when we're suffering. And God has promised His faithfulness there more than any other time. Why? Because we need Him the most. Our hearts are open to Him the most. And so today, whatever you're going through, and I'll review him tomorrow. If you go through it, realize he's there. He's working. He's moving. And not only is he going to be faithful to you, he's got a call on your life so you'll be faithful to those behind you. Those that are watching you don't even realize they're watching. They are. And God wants to use you. Yes, you. If you'll just let Him. This morning I wanted to go to prayer. And we're going to thank God because of all these things. But you know what? Most of all, I don't want to miss the opportunity for someone this morning that could be watching that says, I don't even know Him. I don't know this in my Savior. I know about God. I know that He was... in My my grandmother would tell me about it. Mom and dad might tell me about it. But I don't know Him myself. I want you first and foremost to realize that God is that merciful, loving, compassionate God who wants to save you. And He's already passed paid the price for you because He loves you so much and He wants to cleanse you. And all you got to do is reach out and accept it. And for all of us that uh, have already accepted Him, He lives in our heart, we can say amen. What a wondrous thing. We would never ever go back and undo what we've done because it is such a wonderful thing and the change is is remarkable that he, He wants to do that in other lives today, doesn't He? He wants to do that in lives. Will you pray with me this morning? And so this morning, if you don't know Him, we're going to pray for you first and then we're going to pray for God to encourage those that are going through the trial this morning and so if you don't know him all you got to do is call out on him right now as we pray will you pray with me others will you pray with us Heavenly Father Lord those this morning that doesn't know you God those that have been looking those have been kind of watching from afar and God if you're dealing with their heart Lord I pray right now Lord just as you've done a work in my life God just as you took me from darkness to life God you took me from hopelessness totally helpless and hopeless and god you give me a joy and a peace that i was longing for but didn't know it even existed lord like it did when i gave my heart and life to you god i thank you lord that you had mercy on me and god for what you've done in my lord you want to do it in their lives lord let those right now that that hear your voice that god needs you right now that they would say lord forgive me as uh, lord forgive me as a sinner wash me clean I, I want you to be my savior i put my trust and confidence comp- Confidence in You, wash me clean and forgive me and make me white as snow. Lord, You said if we do that, and that, Lord, if we ask You to forgive Your faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and, Lord, if we confess that You are our Savior, Lord, we are saved, God. If we put our trust in You, God, let someone today, let many put their confidence in You. And, Lord, You will hear it. You will, God, give them confirmation, even in their own spirit, that You're there and that You've done it, Lord. Thank You for what You're doing. And then God, this morning for some that's going through a test. God, we bind together. And we know that some is hurting right now. We know that some's got reports that they don't like. Some people, Lord, is going through tests that something's happening in their family and they don't even can't even talk about. It. It's too painful to even discuss it. But God, we know that you're a help, a very present help. And at God, that they're not going through this, Lord, just by coincidence. The enemy means it to destroy them. The enemy is trying to destroy their soul and to get them to give up hope. But God, You're saying that You're allowing this so that they can find Your strength even in the midst of the greatest struggle they've been through. You're a faithful God, Lord, in the middle of a storm. You're a faithful God, greatest in the struggle, because we can feel You more. Lord, because we reach out more. And any other time when we're going through a struggle, we're open to You more than ever before. God, let them feel your strength. Let them feel your comfort. Let them feel your mercy. And God, let them have courage and faith in you. Let them see that you're going to be faithful. And that God, let them see that you're going to carry them through this. And God, let the end result be, when they have victory, that God, they turn around and they use that faithfulness to tell others what you've done for them. That others would find strength. Why? Because you're good to them. And Lord, that's what Paul's telling us here. God was good through his son, Jesus Christ. And God was faithful to Paul. And Paul's encouraging these believers, hang in there. And oh, don't, let, don't give up. And God will strengthen you just the same. And then God will use you. God, that steel is coming to us today. Do it, Lord. Have your way in this service. And oh God, that you would give great victory. Because you're still on the throne. You are victorious. Your name's above every name. We thank you for that victory. In Jesus' name, amen.